Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f you are. Let's rock this out. You are listening to The Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, and I am here with Michelle Robinson. Michelle is an EFT, emotional freedom technique expert. She helps kids and adults heal with EFT. She's a mom of five, ages 17 to seven. Michelle grew up feeling anxious and did not know there was any other way to feel. When she discovered the tools to heal, it became her mission to share with others and help them how to find the calm and the chaos of life. So Michelle, why don't you share with us your journey through childhood with anxiety and how it led you to the emotional freedom technique? All right. Well, thank you for having me, Meg. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, I, well, I didn't realize until my 20s that I even had anxiety. I honestly thought that the way I lived was just normal. I thought that like always being constantly worried about everything was just how everybody experienced life. I remember my little sister going to the park and I just get so mad at my mom thinking like she's going to get kidnapped or worst case scenario, my entire life. So that definitely took a toll. Um, and then it was after I had my third child that my anxiety was just through the roof. I couldn't even go shopping. I thought somebody was waiting for me to kidnap my kids and it was rough. And so I went and I found a counselor. I'd never done counseling before. And I learned all the, the mindset tools. So like I had my mind, I had complete control of my mind in a way, like I knew what to do in a anxious state. And so that worked for a while, but I was completely exhausted because I was constantly focused on my head and my thoughts and trying to control that when my body, I had no idea even I had a body at that point. I just was so focused in my head that my body was sending me these messages still. You're not safe, you're not safe. Nervous system constantly in fight or flight. But again, I had no idea. And so it was after um, my friend died in 2015. That was like a new rock bottom. She died super unexpectedly and suddenly. And, and that really took me to like the lowest of lows that I'd ever been. And I found healing in my body at that point. And that was when I found EFT and I started to do this tapping and it felt super weird to even be in my body felt scary to feel my heart racing. It felt scary to feel that tightness of breath. I'd gotten really good at avoiding it, but it was after I started working through that, that I realized, holy cow, there is a whole nother way to exist. And it was incredible. And I had never known peace like that before. And it wasn't that all my problems went away, but I found like a settled space in my own body. Did you find when you were going through these moments of anxiety and probably 
I mean, the whole time, but I'm thinking of like, if you're focused on your head and your thoughts, but you're ignoring your body, did you find yourself going through health issues? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got, you know, adrenal fatigue and major thyroid issues. And I had just completely exhausted my body to like, I I was basically just existing, but super, super sick, sick every time I ate. Um, Yeah. Definitely. Well, tell us a little bit how EFT works. So EFT, it's also commonly called tapping. There's a little bit of a difference between emotional freedom technique and tapping, but they're very, very similar. And basically what you're doing is you like literally tap on different points of your body. So like pressure points, acupressure points, and these points, so most of them are on your face. Um, are connected to your whole entire body system. So different organs. So under your eye is connected to your stomach. But as you're tapping on these different points, it sends the signal to your brain and your body that you're safe and you can calm down. So it's kind of this, you think about a distressing thought as you're creating safety and calmness in your body And so your brain kind of has this little disruption of, I thought we needed to be in fight or flight, but I feel really safe and calm. So maybe this thought, this experience, this feeling isn't actually an immediate threat. And so you're able to kind of process through and integrate some limiting beliefs, some, you know, at one point, maybe you weren't safe, but now you are. And so you're able to kind of work through those blocks. What would be, and I know some people are going to see this on YouTube and then others are going to hear it on the podcast, but what would be a simple example of a tapping technique for someone who feels unworthy or has these moments of insecurity that keep popping up? Yeah. So, so I'll tell you really quick, the tapping point. So it's on the side of your hand, kind of on the pinky side of your hand or like the karate chop. That side, either hand, you can do either hand. There's not like a right or wrong way to do it. So either hand, you just tap with one hand on the other hand. Then you go up to the inside of your eyebrows. So just, and then you'll just follow this bone around and then you'll go to the outside of your eyes and then staying on that bone, you'll tap under your eyes and then you'll tap under your nose and then on your chin, kind of in that little crevice there. And then on your collarbone, you can use one hand or two hands. And then you tap under your arm. And then you tap on top of your head. So those are the the basic nine tapping points. And you just tap on each point. The general rule is like five to seven times. But I honestly don't worry about the amount of time. I just kind of intuitively tap. So if you're if you want to kind of focus and count on that, you can, or you can just tap for a few times and just move as you feel move to move. <laughs> Any kind of affirmation as you're tapping? Yeah. So these are the tapping points. And then for the, maybe I don't feel worthy. It would be, you actually address the unworthy feelings. So, so you actually say out loud those things that maybe normally you would push aside or try and just, you know, oh no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything's fine. 
with tapping again, because you're holding that space for the, the discomfort and those beliefs to kind of integrate, you really just want to give them as much space as they need, because if we're thinking it, it's real. So the fear for some is, I don't want to say it out loud because then, then I'll actually feel unworthy. But if it's in your mind, it's, it's kind of running your day already. So, so you say out loud, like you'll just tap on the side of your hand and you can just say like, even though I feel unworthy, I love and accept myself. And if I love and accept myself doesn't feel true, then find something that does. So even though I feel unworthy, I'm a human. Your brain can't really reject that you're a human. So you start there, but you kind of set up your, your process that way. And then you just go from tapping point to tapping point. So on each different point, you can say what you're thinking. Like, I can't do anything right as you tap on your eyebrows. Or you can also kind of bring your awareness to the sensations in your body, like my racing heart or that pit in my stomach as you tap under your eyes. So you kind of just go through and address everything that you've been trying to run away from or hide from. That's interesting you say that because, you know, we've heard the term be fearless, right? It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we're human. We're never going to be fearless. But yeah. What we have to do is learn ways to move through our fear. So what you're saying is you have to learn, learn ways to move through those feelings of unworthiness, like confront them, realize that they're there, and then take yourself through our healing process to transform that belief. Absolutely. Yeah. And the way... I like to look at it is every single thought we have is really there to protect us. So at some point in our life, we had an experience that caused us pain. And so to avoid that pain again, we develop this belief. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And for a season, maybe that did keep us safe, especially as children, when we don't have other coping techniques or, you know, ways to create safety for ourselves, maybe thinking we weren't good enough helped us get through some things. But so I look at that with just total compassion of thank you for serving me. And I want to show you there's a different way. Absolutely. What would you say, what would you say to the people who want to learn or work with someone like you? Because absolutely. I hope people contact you for your services. What would you say to the people that are learning this technique and they have that feeling of what if I'm doing it wrong? It won't work. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it wrong. You just can't. So even if all you do is tap on one tapping point, that's great. If you forget one, if you forget to tap under your eye or whatever, it's okay. It's okay. It, you cannot do it wrong. So I have a lot of people that, that haven't worked with me, but that maybe follow me on Instagram and they'll message and say, I haven't tried it yet because I just don't want to do it wrong. Mm -hmm. So you really, truly genuinely cannot do it wrong. And just even holding space for those heavy emotions mm -hmm. is huge. So if that's all you're doing and just the, the action steps of doing what you need to do to heal, like moving in that direction, like healing is, it's only possible. I mean, it's only, it's, it's, how am I trying to say this? It's only, it's, it's going to happen. Like if you're yeah. moving in the direction of healing and you're ready to receive the healing that, you know, that it is a part of, 
you're only going to meet healing. Like it's, it's impossible not to heal in some form or fashion. So I love that. And I think too often people are so afraid of doing it wrong that they never do it. Yeah. And, um, and I can totally see that. Okay. So let's go to, that leads me to, let's talk about the, the mind of a person who's a perfectionist, who's so afraid of doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is the masses. That is so yep. many people. So many people, including me, like that's how I operated. So two things I always remind myself done is better than perfect. When I'm trying to like get something done and it, that perfection protector comes out. I just, let's just get it done, Michelle. Let's just get it done. So in your healing, even if it's you're, you might find that moment of peace for two seconds, and then you go back to full anxiety. That two seconds is huge success. Right. And so that alone, just knowing that I think a lot of times we want like this massive aha moment or this all of a sudden we'll never feel anxiety again, but just knowing that just doing the work, even if it feels messy, especially if it feels messy, you're doing it and that's good. And then the perfectionist, that's just a protector that's showing up to essentially keep you safe. So I literally have conversations with these different parts of me. And I'll, when I notice that protector, I'll just be like, all right, I know you're here. I know you're trying to keep me safe and kind of keep me where I am with this belief. Don't do it unless you can do it perfect. So then I just let them know this little part. Let's just give it a try. Let's just do it for this minute. Let's do it for this moment and see what happens. And generally, once you get going, you're like, okay, I can do this. It's not as scary, but yeah, the perfectionist, especially for women, I think, right. But anybody it's just, it's, it's kind of a beast, but also you just love it and you just allow it to be there, but not in the driver's seat. Do you find there's a correlation between those who are perfectionist and those who have anxiety? Yes. Yeah. I think that the, it, that heightens your anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? Because all of a sudden you're, you're not only dealing with anxiety, but now it's like, and I can't do anything about it until I can do it. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that feels so scary. Oh, what bondage to live in. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I lived that and I'll being totally honest, that still rears its head. Like I'll have that little voice, like, Oh, do it tomorrow. You'll be able to do it better tomorrow. Just do it. Just do it. So it's just that, I don't know who it is. Somebody that five seconds of courage or whatever that she talks about, just take that five seconds. And I feel like sometimes that push through that perfectionist mentality can help. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you, what do you think about the the negativity that we always default to? Like, where does this space of always living in this negative mindset of waiting for the next shoe to drop, where does that come from? So I, well, I kind of have a different perspective on even just negative thoughts, kind of what I've been talking about, but I really don't think there is such a thing as a negative thought. I think all of our thoughts are here to serve us and inform us in some way. So when maybe a perceived negative thought shows up, it's more of, okay, what is this trying to keep me safe from? 
What is this trying to, how is this helping? Even like the worst thoughts, it's like, what purpose is this trying to serve? And I just get really compassionate and curious with it. Well, and then, and then it's also, you know, what trauma from my past or what trigger is bringing this up in me? Because this at the end of the day is not who I am. Why is this showing up? And it always goes back to something. Absolutely. Yeah. And our, uh, we, we do. And it, it's funny how all of our roots, those root beliefs are really pretty common. Like we all just want to feel safe and loved and seen and important. And so when that feels threatened, I feel like all of those fears, all of those negative thoughts come back to trying to keep us from getting hurt in one of those ways. Right. Well, and I can tell you one of the things that's just so exciting and awesome to me is being able to teach our children the things that I know that I've become passionate about over the past 10 years and teaching them early. So they don't have to learn this stuff when they're 40 years old. Right. And I know as a mom, you know, with a bunch of children, I mean, do your kids go through the house tapping? I mean, is it (laughs) part of what y'all do? (laughs) Yes. So my oldest two, my 17 and 15 year old, they, I was a little, they were a little bit older when I started my own healing journey. So they've kind of gone through all of this with me. Um, and they're open to it, but not as open maybe as my younger ones, but they will, you know, we, we saw like a dog attack in the neighborhood. And so as soon as we kind of helped the lady with that and everything was fine, I was like, okay, you guys, you know what we need to do? And they were like, yes, we need to tap. And so sometimes they're a little bit like, oh, but they also come to me and they'll ask like, mom, can I, can you tap with me through this or something? Yeah. Especially when they feel scared. And one thing that I really, really love about that is that empowers them to do something with their emotions all on their own. And that the tools that, yes, the tools that they're going to be able to use throughout their life to manage, yes. manage their emotions and move through things. Yep. And, and just knowing they have a tool, no matter what the tool is, knowing they have something that they can use is so incredible. Because like I said, I didn't even know, I didn't even know I felt anxious. I just felt that all the time. And so I thought that was normal and that was hard. And again, we're as parents, we're all doing the best we can, but it was so hard. And then I would feel guilty if I ever felt peace or happy. Cause I thought like, this isn't good. So, well, let me ask you this. Has your, has your business grown in 2020? Are you working with people through 2020 issues? Oh yeah. 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 So much. And, and I feel like a lot of growth, a lot of what 2020 brought up for my clients is stuff that they had been able to avoid by staying busy. And it's, it was already there. It was already their experience and their belief structures, but they were able to kind of ignore it. And with the pause and just everything kind of slowing down, it was like, oh boy, I've really got to look at this. So things bubbling to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, totally. Has your business grown? 
in 2020? Yes, it has. It truly has. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about this podcast because I'm like, you know, I mean, the world is just, it's changing, it's shifting and people are going to be looking for, for other ways to heal. You know, people are going to be, and it's, and it's really cool. I, I did another podcast this morning and it's just crazy to see how far we've come with these kind of, you know, healing modalities in the past 10 years. Like I can't imagine where we're going to be in another 10 years because the stuff that we're talking about now is still maybe a little bit different to people, but I mean, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was so taboo. Like you just didn't do that, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I think the more we all just gain this understanding of what energy really is and what it has the power to do. I mean, energy is everything. And I think as a collective, people are more and more on board with that of like, I want to claim back my power. We've all kind of, in a sense, given it away with whatever we gave it away to. And it's like, holy cow, I want to bring this back. And so I think it's exciting. I'm excited to, to kind of hold space for people as we figure out what is next. Absolutely. And if you look at like 2020, I mean, it's, it's crazy that the actual physical mask is the, the symbolism for this year, because it's like, we've been wearing a mask for generations and generations and generations. And now people are starting to want to take that mask off literally. And they're wanting to speak like they've got things they want to purge. Just like you said, like people, things are starting to come to the surface. And as much as this year has quite frankly sucked, there's been (laughs) so many blessings in it right? Whenever you're looking for a blessing, I say, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. I have seen so many blessings throughout this year, but there is a shift coming. People are starting to speak up. And we know that when you speak, when you stand in your truth, and when you become who you authentically are, you start to heal. And it's crazy. Like we have this collective healing going on and it's, it's not fun necessarily right now, but it's going to be interesting to see where we evolve to over the next five to 10 years, because it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's so crazy. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm actually living in this. Like yep. this, is, we read about history and we read about things and it's like, oh, wow. But it's like, we are physically in this right now in this collective experience where I really feel like just as a whole, we are evolving and we're in it. Yeah. And, and there's no such thing as coincidences. I believe everything is in divine order and in divine time. And the fact that this year is 2020 and we've been all saying hindsight's 2020. We've been saying that forever. I'm like, this is the year of clarity and vision. This is the year of being able to see. It may not be seen overnight, but it's the process of seeing. And so to think that all of this is happening in 2020 is just fascinating, magical, mysterious. The whole thing is just as crazy as it is to say, it's freaking cool. And then to know that we're going into the age of Aquarius, which, you know, is just a new beginning of all sorts of things. And we haven't been in this place for 400 years. Like we're on the cusp of something amazing. And it's just so, it's really, really exciting. It's really exciting. I just felt that through my whole body when you said a new beginning. And I love that because I really believe like 
at any given moment, we can claim that new beginning. I think that sometimes even like even personally, it's like, oh, in the new year or like next month or on Monday, but in any given moment, we can claim that higher vibration. We can step into that, but collectively this new beginning in 2021 is going to be so beautiful and powerful and yeah. And, and I also think you will have to look for it because you will be able to see whatever you want to find, right? You'll find whatever you want to see. And so looking for the growth in the mess and in the discomfort. Absolutely. And I feel like that's, that's the shift that everybody talks about when they say, oh, is this the apocalypse? Is it the end of the world? No, it's the beginning of a new world. Yes. Beginning of a new world is the expansion of us as souls that are elevating and moving towards enlightenment. And we're starting to step into this, this power and this magic and this love and this inclusiveness and this, this place that, that we can help heal this planet. Like that's what I believe is happening. And the people that aren't open to that are going to fall behind. Yeah. That looks like health-wise, I mean, what that looks like could be different for lots of people, but I feel like that's this new beginning and this ascension is the people that move towards the love and the goodness and the growth that is happening. And those that don't get it, sadly, are going to fall behind. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is like this weird balance of also just, I always remind myself, everything is happening for my highest good. And so maybe those being called to, you know, step into it and step into that space of love and all of that. I think in the end, we'll see that it's working for everyone's highest good. And, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully I'm even at the place to, to be aware and open to all of the infinite possibilities there are, but also knowing that Sometimes I will just like miss something. And so again, it's that next new moment of I can choose again. I can choose love again. I can step out of fear. I can step back into love. And it's just crazy how quickly we can change our own experience. Absolutely. And another thing that I think is happening this year too is so many people are, whether they like it or not, whether it's they're being forced to, or they are choosing to, I really think people are learning so much more empathy this year because they've been affected by more than, I mean, maybe the virus, maybe not the virus, maybe riots, maybe not the riots, maybe, you know, um, racial injustice, maybe not, but I feel like everybody has been able to empathize with something that's happened this year and it's grown more, more compassion in their hearts, you know? So I'm from, I'm from the South. So I'm, I'm a Southern, Southern girl. And I've always thought that plantations were so gorgeous I and mean, these beautiful old antebellum homes and just it's so pretty. And I've always loved history. I love true stories. And, um, and I can tell you my husband and I watched, I think it was the movie um, 12, I think it's 12 years of slavery. And if you're a highly gifted empath like me, um, it's hard to watch because it was extremely, extremely painful to watch. And I can tell you 
my stance on statues not being around to symbolize pain mm-hmm. um, is a huge part of my belief system now. Yeah. And before his, you know, history is history. That's great. Like tell about it somewhere, somehow, but having statues that represent those things stand for that same energetic frequency that was in that time period. And, um, and it's interesting after watching that movie, I'll never look at plantation homes again, the same way. It's just the energy and the space that I held around those things don't stand for anything good in my heart, you know? Yeah. And I don't think if it had not been for this year and for all of these statues going down in the South, I would have ever looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yes, that symbolizes pain. That symbolizes yeah. a dark time in the history of our country. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, we don't want, we don't want to glorify that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've absolutely done some unlearning and relearning myself just in, in sadly my own ignorance and just not taking the time that I could have to really understand different experiences. And so that is a huge blessing of this year and learning that empathy on such a deeper level of the pain that people have experienced. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you on all of that. I know it's, it's really, really, it's deep. It'll be interesting to see what happens the next five years. We can look back at how this, how this all unfolded and what it looked like for change. You know, I know, I know. I tell my kids that I'm like, you guys are living history. history. You're living it. Kids will read about you one day. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if you look at like throughout history, the things that people have gone through and you're like, Oh my gosh, like 2020 has been crazy, but that's nothing compared to the great depression and the wars and all the things that literally were like, boom, 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 boom for years for a certain generation. Like our grandparents are great grandparents. Like I can't imagine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and even just you seeing that I'm noticing in my body, like a little bit of fear, like what's next then, but then it's like, okay, I can choose fear or love. And so how powerful with what may come, how power, how much more powerful the opportunity and the experience of love will be through those, those hard times and those experiences that really just make or break you. Absolutely. And it's all, and I say this all the time and it's so true. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy to choose, but it's all a choice. It's all a choice. And I love the choice now that people have to learn EFT with you, that they can incorporate that into, into their healing. So your sessions are obviously like on zoom or they're virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All over. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 gave me that realization because I was, um, working just in person for the most part. And I just thought, oh, I just, I love the energy because I do, I genuinely, there is truly something about being like in the same room for sure. Totally. But I started, I mean, I didn't have a choice in March. So I went totally to zoom and realized, oh my gosh, I can connect with so many more people, even just meeting you things that 
we can't do always person face to face. And so, yeah, I do, I do zoom sessions and I'm starting a group in March that I'm super excited about. So I do, I basically do everything online now. So big shift, but it's been good. Big shift, big shift. Okay. Well, the last thing I want to ask you is at the end of your life, what do you want to be known for? Hmm. <laughs> that like, I don't know, that like kind of makes me emotional. Um, when I thought yeah, of that too, it made me emotional. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Just like, honestly, that I, people felt safe and loved when they were with me that, and that I was true to me, that that's kind of it, that Michelle was, I knew who Michelle was. It wasn't like, well, was she really that? Or wasn't she? People know who I genuinely am and that they felt safe and they felt seen if we had an experience together. That is so beautiful. I love it. That is awesome. Well, I can tell you, I haven't known you for, for a long, I feel like I know you a lot now, but that's exactly who you are. And I I just love following you on Instagram. Okay. So tell our, tell our followers, listeners, how they can connect with you. So probably the easiest way is my Instagram at Hey, Michelle Robinson. And then I also have my website, uh, coachingbymichelle.com. Those are probably the two main ways right now. I, I don't do Facebook. I don't know why it's always given me anxiety. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's um, okay. Instagram is where it's at. That's awesome. Yeah. So Instagram set, follow me, send me a message, or you can check out my website for what I have going on. Awesome. I love it. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And, um, I know that you're going to have people reaching out to you for your, for your healing services. Thank you for taking the time to just chat with me. I really have enjoyed this and love your energy and your beliefs and everything that you stand for and are doing. So thank you. Thank you. And we will do this again soon. Sounds good. See you, Michelle. Bye. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock for more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home and maybe even coaching. Go to ManifestingMarge.com. Repeat after me. I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.